So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Yo, 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 what is up, my man? Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope that today's content will, in fact, help you do exactly that, Unleash the Man Within. I believe that every single one of our listeners has something fantastic within them that has been held back by life experiences, by thinking patterns, by a lack of skills, or in many cases, pornography, sexual misbehavior, and the like. And my goal is that as you listen to the content of this podcast, you know, today's episode and our previous episodes, highly recommend you go back through a database and maybe find some content, you know, on on subjects that are interesting to you. And as you do that, my prayer is that you will become more like the person God made you to be and that you'll become more like God, period. You know, that is the the duality of the, the title of this podcast unleash the man within. The secondary layer is that Christ within you is the hope of glory. And as you and I walk in greater character, higher integrity, and more purity, the idea is that Christ should be reflected in us and through us uh, in really everything that we do in our lives. And so that's the goal of this podcast. And I'm so glad you're here because I'm, I'm going to help you do that. Yesterday, we began a two-part series about narcissism. And yesterday was sort of more focused on you, the listener. So are you a narcissist? And we kind of talked about what narcissism is, what it looks like, and used an example of how devastating narcissism narcissism can be to a family. Today, what we're talking about is when you are not the person in question, but rather you're dealing with someone who's a narcissist. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your parent. Maybe it's a child, maybe it's a leader or a coworker or a colleague or, you know, somebody along that line, somebody that you're in regular contact with. So that's what I want to talk about today. Really quickly before I jump in, if you're not following me on Instagram, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but I can tell you that a bunch of the accounts you're following are probably junk, right? They're, they're distractions. Uh, maybe they're even triggering accounts. Well, if you're not going to unfollow those accounts, at the very least, you might as well follow an account like mine that's going to populate your feed with content that will actually be useful for you and will get you more aligned with God's purposes in your life. The handle is Sathya Me Sam. We post content every single day, stories every day, insights, tips, everything that we could possibly provide you to live a life of sexual integrity and freedom. It's all there on Instagram. I'm super intentional with it. And we have grown that page considerably. Uh, we were 5,000 followers back in October. And we have climbed up to 66,000 followers uh, at the time of this recording, which is about, you know, I guess eight months, something like that. So really cool to see the growth there. If you want to be part of it, Sathya Me Sam is the handle. Let's talk about what to do when you are dealing with a narcissist. So the level of relationship is the defining quality in this conversation. Sometimes you are in a situation where your hands are tied a little bit more tightly. If you are married to somebody who's a narcissist, if your boss is a narcissist, 
there's not a lot that you can do to influence the relationship directly. If you're in a situation where maybe you are more in a position of authority and it's more lateral, or in in this case, I would say it's probably more vertical, but you being, you know, the superior, then it's a little bit different because you can actually influence the outcome a little bit more. Now, before we get into the nuances there, let's just talk about this at a broad scale. Number one, you cannot change a narcissist, period. No ifs, ands, or buts, no exceptions. You, no matter how great you might be, no matter how much influence you might have in someone's life, you cannot change a narcissist. And I know that's hard to hear. I led with the bad news early. We're ripping the Band-Aid off. You are not going to change this person. So that's the first thing to remember. Okay, number two, be careful with the diagnosis. So where I have landed on the mental health spectrum over the years is I hate diagnoses. I just, I don't find them useful. Look, if we're talking about a neurological condition like epilepsy, the diagnosis is incredibly valuable. You'd be a fool to ignore it. But when it comes to more mental health disorders, that are not not as much chemical as much as they're emotional and just kind of psychological. I am really not a fan of sticking a diagnosis on there. Let's slap a label on and and then go after it just because the nuances are incredibly individual. So you could have two people with depression. One person can exercise uh, 30 days, sorry, 30 minutes a day and they, they, they feel better enough that they don't necessarily need medication. Then you have somebody else who's exercising and they're doing the right things. It's still not hitting right. And then the medication seems to drive it home. It's just, it's different from person to person. Now, all of this is to say is you cannot diagnose someone as a narcissist. <sighs> I know. Um, it really, really difficult, right? Now, again, I don't think, I don't know that it's really helpful to diagnose people in general, but if we were going to slap a label on, I don't think we should be super quick to just say, oh, yeah, all my mom ever did was think about herself. She's a narcissist. Like we want we want some clinical input from a professional before we start really throwing around any labels. Now, in the meantime, because the reality is most narcissists are never going to get a diagnosis, right? So that's, the, that's sort of the uh, catch-22 of this. Is that we may not, we may never actually get a proper diagnosis, but you might be able to talk to a licensed professional who can say, "Oh, they're doing this. Oh, they're doing that. Yeah, that that's that's narcissism. That's what narcissists do." Or they might be able to say, "Yeah, this could be it. Uh, let's keep it in mind." And that that's where I'm landing today. Part of that is because I'm not a licensed professional. Narcissism is not an area that I uh, specialize in, and so I'm not really going to present myself as the expert. Rather, what I would say is we can take a look at a situation and say this person exhibits what appears to be narcissistic tendencies or behaviors, okay? So again, the, the language is very important here because if you speculate that, you know, your father or your wife is a narcissist, we want to make sure that we are communicating it in a way that's not concrete. Like, oh yeah, well, since my wife is a narcissist, now I have to do X, Y, Z. No, you don't know that for sure. Okay, until you get a professional's uh, opinion, you don't know for sure. And as I said, I don't know that it's really going to be that helpful anyways to just say, oh, well, okay, well, my wife's a narcissist. That makes so much sense. And now, you know, everything's just crystal clear. Now, 
On the flip side, again, I think there's a value for it. I'm just not a big fan of the label slapping. I don't think it's... Um, well, I, I just think Big Pharma has really ruined that for us. Anyway, I'm going to just <laughs> I'm gonna wrap that in a bow and I'll just put it over there for now. Uh, let's talk about uh, some other some other things. So the first thing is you have to understand you're not going to change them. The second thing is we want to be careful about labeling or, or misdiagnosing. The third thing we want to do is we want to set some really clear boundaries. And this becomes very difficult because we tend to find ourselves bonded to narcissists when we are pushovers, people pleasers, uh, when we have a hard time saying no, when we have a hard time standing up for ourselves, basically all the things that favor into these toxic narcissistic relationships are the very things that we need to tackle or address to exit the narcissistic relationship. If you are actually dating a clinically diagnosed narcissist, you will have to think long and hard about whether or not you actually continue in a relationship with that person in any capacity. This is for a clinical diagnosis. And like I said, I've actually, I don't think I've said it clear, clearly enough yet. I do think narcissism is actually a useful diagnosis. I, I think I, I made the comparison poorly before, so I apologize. I think depression and anxiety are very nuanced, individual, widespread, far-reaching, lots of, lots of layers to it. Narcissism, like clinically, you can diagnose narcissism and it's pretty insightful. So if you don't have that, if you do have that diagnosis, then you basically need to figure out what you're going to do. Um, and what you're going to do should not involve staying in a relationship with that person. So if you are, for, for, so in yesterday's episode, I used an example of someone who basically, you know, found out that her husband was a narcissist, had a sex addiction and whatever. So that's pretty easy. It's like, girl, you need to divorce that guy because number one, he's probably not going to change. And if he does, he's got to do it on his own. Number two is that like he's been incredibly unfaithful. So he's not fit as a husband, nor is he going to be fit as a father. Um, and, and I think those two reasons alone are actually pretty solid as far as divorce goes. The, the other thing I would say is, you know, if maybe it's not as easy as that, maybe it's like, well, this is my, it's my father. And maybe you're younger and you still live with your father, uh, like you're under the same home, or uh, maybe it's not, you know, maybe you're an adult and, you know, you have your own life, but you still want to have a relationship with your father. It's just that he's this narcissist. Well, you have to be really, really considerate about how you engage with this person. Narcissists only care about one person and that's themselves. So you have to immediately shift your expectations for how you're going to actually handle interactions with this person. It, when, when you know that somebody is a narcissist, what it, what it allows you to do is it allows you to readjust your expectations of that person. If this is somebody that you're expecting to get an apology from, if you're expecting them to show you know, incredible care and empathy and kindness, well, you are going to live a miserable life. The, the reality is this person has no capacity for that and their capacity is very unlikely, statistically speaking, to change. Now, that being said, you can still have some interactions with this person, but you will have to be very intentional about the nature of those interactions. So if we're talking about, like I said, if it's a spouse and you know, divorce is kind of like obvious, there's the biblical basis and everything else, that's the, probably the direction this thing goes in. Now, if let's say you're dating someone and you're observing, they, they might be a narcissist, you need to get that looked at ASAP. 
let's let's step away from the romantic scenarios if you're dealing with a uh, a superior okay if it's a father figure you need to set some major major boundaries because that person probably has their claws deep into your life you need to set some boundaries and you're going to need some help doing that so i highly recommend you know you can reach out to a licensed uh, professional therapist i think that would be a wonderful idea i think the other thing you could do if you don't want to talk to somebody yet is you could start with some resources you know like boundaries by dr henry cloud or that kind of thing that it's a really really good book if um if you're dealing with a narcissist that is more let's say they're your boss there's not going to be a lot that you can do even boundary setting sure you can you can start to say no and stuff there could be uh, implications of that, which to be honest, I care about you enough to say, hey, if it means losing your job so that you don't have to work for a narcissist, I actually think that's worth it because working for a narcissist is going to destroy your confidence. It's going to it, it's going to leave you miserable and you're going to basically hate your life. And I do not want that for you. If you're not there yet, okay, maybe you're like, Sathya, what the heck are you talking about? Like, I need to pay the bills here and put food on the table then I highly recommend you start exploring some of the avenues that are available to you for uh, bringing this kind of leadership flaw to, you know, whoever it might be, like uh, a whistleblower committee, HR, your boss's boss, uh, your boss's peers, you know, their lateral peers. So, you know, uh, other leaders that you can talk to basically. And the way you would have these conversations professionally is, Basically saying like, hey, I'm, I'm observing some kind of concerning things about so-and-so. I'm just wondering if I can run them by you just to see if you've ever observed any of this uh, before yourself and see if, you know, it's a yes or no. And if it's a yes, then say, you know, I've done some research and this looks like it actually could be like some narcissistic tendencies. Are you familiar with that stuff, right? Like you're going to have to come in pretty gentle uh, just to help people gain an understanding of what you're seeing because if you just come out outright and say, this person's a narcissist and blah, 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 well, you and I both know that's not going to go anywhere. So that would be my recommendation on a personal level, uh, professional level rather. And if you observe narcissism in your friends, which is unlikely because friends are very good at masking it, but maybe maybe now you're hearing about it a little bit and you're going, huh, this person actually does seem to be a little bit narcissistic. Well, if that's the case, then you have to make some decisions there as well. And you have to decide how you want to engage with this person. But I can guarantee you, if you set some really firm boundaries, you will actually feel, you will literally feel the weight lifted off your shoulders. Because when you when you can basically keep a narcissist out of your life and only bring them in on your terms, um, that's a very safe and healthy place to be. And when a narcissist is involved in your life, you know, really in any way, shape or form regularly, that's a very unsafe place to be. So setting boundaries is literally about protection. In this case, it is actually about protecting yourself from the individual. And uh, it's going to give you a chance for you to just become the person that God's made you to be. And that's incredibly important. So look, this is complicated. I know that this isn't like the most easy, like here are three steps to deal with a narcissist. Not quite that easy. But hopefully it gives you some thoughts. And, you know, for those of you that are in recovery and exploring some of your early days and childhood and some of the relationship dynamics that have led you to this point, it would be important that you kind of comb things through this lens just to see, like, you know, was there any narcissistic behavior exhibited in my parents or the people who raised me 
or maybe just other peers or teachers or pe- people that were you know near and, and, and close to you. So hopefully this is helpful. Thank you so much for listening. If you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, make sure you go back and listen to that one first. Uh, not first, I guess it's too late for that, but go listen to it uh, to add a little bit more of a, a second layer to all of this. And uh, in the meantime, I hope you have an amazing day. Okay, we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, it's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.